All right, Emily, we're taking on the woke mob here today on the deconstruction zone. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Boo the woke mob. They're the problem. They're the problem. No, so hey, you have a tweet you want to read. And yeah. you and I are self-avowed progressives um, to some know, degree. Though we don't like to like put ourselves in boxes, I would also say. Yeah. but I like to be an open-minded gal. I would agree with that. and But I also think you and I... Though there are things we lean left on and center and maybe right on certain things. We also can see that there are some negatives that come with progressive Christianity, maybe. Yes. Um, many positives. Also, it could be the same for conservative po- pros and negatives. But oftentimes, I think in the space we occupy, we just backpat progressivism and we never give it a critical eye. Yes. And so this week, we take on progressivism, mm-hmm. the woke mob. With a little bit of a critical eye. Yeah, I think I think I think this podcast could be seen, and maybe is like it kind of seems like okay, deconstruct from conservative evangelicalism and end up in progressive Christianity. Uh-huh. The the conservative evangelicalism to progressive Christianity pipeline, if you will. But um, right. <laughs> but we're gonna like take a critical eye, and even if that is where both of us did end up, that doesn't mean that there aren't issues to talk about. Yeah, And so I saw this Facebook post, actually, um, from a guy who I, I heard on the Dirty What's Rock his Church name and kids. address? <laughs> I mean, he probably wouldn't care. Um, he's like a kind of Brady Harden. Have you heard that name? He was on the Dirty Rotten Church Kids, and he was kind of the advocate for, like, full deconstruction, not just deconstruction to progressive oh. Christianity or, like, cool spirituality. Right. He was like, okay. let it, like, like get burn out of it, it all. all. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he, he posts like this kind of regularly and I'm, he's an interesting follow to me because I just like, I think it's important to see the, like what people are saying negatively about both sides. Mm -hmm. And he's not necessarily saying negatively, like from people like from my past, but he's like, I like burned through progressive Christianity too. So -hmm. I think he has an interesting perspective. Yeah. So he basically said, he said, progressive Christianity is the phrase, at least we're not like those other believers transformed into a personality and industry. Mm. So first, like immediate reactions. How does that land with you? Yeah, I. I don't know how it like. So I when I first heard it, it makes me think. Of course, like when Christianity co-ops anything, it becomes a personality in in an industry. And so I think that's certainly true. Um, But what and I don't have a fully formed thought on this, but as you read it, what came into my mind was like, what does that mean in real life? Like, what Mm. are the implications of that being a personality in an industry? And what does that look like in real life? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, How maybe. I'm a I'm a words guy, but I'm also a visual person. Like, if you were going to reword that in your own words, how would you say it? I so there's two different like rewordings that I'm thinking. I'm going to share both of them. One of them is like progressive Christianity at its best is just like kind of like the lesser evil in okay. a sense that like there's still BS with Christianity, and 
maybe we're just like the least problematic and so that's like still problematic but we're the bottom of the barrel because it's like at least we're not like other believers is kind of saying like yeah we still have issues but at least at least we accept gay people or something like that do you know what i'm saying yeah um the other way that i was thinking it is like i guess i just thought of like the self-righteousness of that idea of like at least we're not like other believers is almost just like well we're the only ones that get it yeah so that's initially that so it's helpful for you to rephrase because i want to make sure i wasn't like crazy for thinking that like what i initially thought and we talked about this in the live episode we just did for the podcast on the pharisee and the tax collector Uh like i kind of view it and this is where i do see really hyper progressive people go is it's a like it becomes very self-righteous uh and i'm going to hate myself for saying this but i think this is where mark driscoll gets it right oh jesus (laughs) he hates he hates progressivism in yeah. the woke world. Uh, uh, really? I thought he was into it. He's not at all. Um, it's hard to tell. You have to really get underneath <laughs> into the subtext. Um, and I will say I'm saying that a little tongue-in-cheek. I don't fully agree with them. But it does. Yeah. Progressivism becomes an idol. And it becomes yes. an idol to our own. Like progressivism at its worst, at its best, it's inclusive. And it reimagines the word of God and the scope of what Jesus is trying to do, and it becomes far more inclusive. At its worst, though, it's like, I have figured it out, and y'all are just idiots, and you're Mm -hmm. not here yet. Like, it's the worst. It's why I hate progressive, because it means progress and growth, and everyone else that's not progressing or progressive is still behind and an idiot. So I was going to interrupt real quick and backtrack and say, like, can you define progressive for me? And so you would say it just means, like, moving forward and growth? I when I think about when I use it for myself, yeah, I think it's progressivism in thought and like understanding more fully in our context and time as God is revealing more of God's self and we're wrestling mm. with scripture in a different way and we're looking at it as God is speaking through ancient texts in our time and place. Like yeah. how are we progressing to understand that? Like I really when I say it, I genuinely mean this. I don't mean it politically at all. Yeah. But it but when I hear it said I often hear it as a comparison of I'm not like them anymore. Like I've yes. progressed out of this and I am fully woke and I'm fully progressive or I fully like it becomes like nirvana. Like I finally arrived. Like I've reached there. It, it creates an end goal to something that I don't mm. think has an end goal, which mm. I also think is what I didn't like about conservatism and what I don't like about progressivism is like, I don't think we're going to arrive. And I think, but I think you're right on the money in that we tend to, as like progressives often tend to be like, okay, but we figured it out. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone kind of probably naturally tends to do that a little bit is try is kind of thinks that, okay, people think they're right. I mean, that's yeah. the fact, like that's the truth is that people think they're right. However, I think a huge um, critique of progressivism that I think is very valid is we say like, oh, we're the most inclusive, like we include everybody. But in reality, we include people we agree with. And it's like every time you, 100% real, every time you tell that story about like the lesbian couple sitting with a guy in the Make America Great Again hat, Mm -hmm. it makes me a little uncomfortable because it's like, "Mm, that's like not as inclusive as we want because the progressive view of inclusivism, inclusivism, inclusion, Honest, like the the true progressive view of inclusivity is just 
keep all the progressives together, including the right. gay people. Yeah. So, and specifically in the church, that has been the issue. But it's also yeah. like anti-racism stuff, and it's yeah. like it's all it's a much wider scope than just sexuality. But yes, like I've said at the well before, like our non-negotiable is your seat at the table can't cost someone else theirs, right? Uh-huh. I really mean that. And we have people that are very conservative, very progressive. We have. People that voted for Biden and people that voted for Trump, people that are straight and cis and people that are uh, LGBTQ plus, right? Yeah. And I love the mosaic that paints, but I've talked to people that are progressive before and they're like, well, you need to fix the conservatives, Mm. right? And like, I don't think inclusion means being progressive necessarily, Mm. but I think progressives think inclusion i think they're connected together you know but like for me like and when we say i post every week something like we've saved you a seat and we say everyone's welcome we mean it a lot of people read that as lgbtq plus people but i mean that to everyone i really do but where does the rubber meet the road right like everyone has a line of who's not welcome yeah and right now like we're on the the inclusion kick of gender and sexuality and i think that's great and it needs a conversation that needs to be happening but we all have a line where we're like, I'm not drawing here. Like, is it a certain political party? Is it a certain sin? Is it yeah. like, what is it? Like we were talking, you, Dustin and I off air about something that we don't necessarily need to mention. But like, I think most people would be like, I'm not including that person here. Like we yeah. have a line that we're going to draw. And I always wonder, and this isn't necessarily the topic, but like when we say inclusion, how far do we really want to take it? And are we going to be about that life? And I always wonder if people are really going to be about it or not. And I, I think that the same, I think inclusion, I think we, we say the same thing with open-mindedness. Like mm-hmm. I really often feel like I hear progressives be like, well, we're the ones that are open-minded and willing to hear other points of view. And it's like, well, are you willing to listen to someone that you like are sure you disagree with? Mm-hmm. Like I remember my boyfriend's also like pretty progressive and I, um, I have a close friend who, or in a coworker, and she's pretty conservative. And I remember he asked me one time, he's like, well, why don't you like push back and like tell her why she's wrong? And I was like, because I have stuff to learn from her. Right. And like, she has an experience way different than mine. Like she, she like immigrated here and is very conservative. And I'm like, I'm fascinated as to like how you ended up there. And I want to hear that. And this is very political and less religious, but it's like, to me, it's not open-minded and it's not inclusive to be like, yeah, I'll let you talk just so that I can tell you why I think you're wrong. To me, true open-mindedness is like letting someone talk and being open to the idea that your mind might be changed. Like to me, that is the heart of progressivism. Yeah. At its core, I don't think it's what we've made it. Right. I think that's right. And I think at its worst, like being really progressive is being the most closed minded you can be yes. in the same way that being conservative, a hyper conservative fundamentalist would be like yeah. the language you use a lot. Like it becomes very closed minded to my ethos of life or my uh-huh. religious convictions or my political stance. Like think about like if we'll use the the make America great again, like you go to a, a UCC church that or a um, Unitarian church that's like very open, affirming, progressive. Yeah. Like outwardly, they have rainbow flags, Black Lives Matter, all these things. If you walked in in that church, you would feel the opposite of welcomed. But they have a sign like if you, if make you had a mega hat on. Yeah. yeah. But their sign also says everyone's welcome. Right. And so. I think that's very closed minded. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think progressivism at its worst can do is say, like, I've progressed. I've reached nirvana. I've reached right thought. Therefore, what you just talked about with your coworker, I then have nothing to learn from this person. And I think regardless of where you fall on any spectrum of 
thought or, or anything like if we've reached the point of saying i have nothing more to learn from my fellow human humans and from god i think we've missed the point i okay i want to like bring it to religion a little bit because i feel like i'm like currently getting convicted as we're talking because i do i do work really hard to try to stay open-minded even in even that doesn't mean not having beliefs and that doesn't mean not feeling strongly about your beliefs but right. i think to to make space to truly listen and to like be willing to have your mind changed or even just like seeing new nuance and things, even yeah. if it's not like my mind on this issue, a hundred percent changed, but to see nuance based on someone with a different perspective, I think is so important. Mm. I think I have a, I think it's a little easier for me to do that politically than it is religiously. I feel very willing and open to talk to people of other faiths and be like, oh, like, how can I, like, I, I've i been talking a lot, I feel like, in more recent episodes, especially about, like, weaving this tapestry of spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really want a t- thread in the tapestry of conservative Christianity. Right. And that is almost innocent. It kind of reminds me back to this tweet or this post of, like, I'll hear out other people, but in regards to Christianity specifically... I'm the one that's not like other believers. Mm. And it that goes back to the idea of like this lesser than uh, the lesser evil mm. in a sense that like if conservative Christianity, I think basically what I'm trying to say is I think sometimes in my mindset, I make conservative Christianity the enemy yeah. instead of seeing it as another way that I can like know God. Yeah. And like, let's be honest, it was a way that you came to know God, right? 100%. So it's like it played a pivotal role in your life, even if destructive at times, like it was without it, you're not here today. I think like, it unavoidably is a part of my tapestry, but yeah. I think it's hard for me to currently weave it yeah. in, if that makes sense. So what could you, what do you think you could learn from like if you were going to weave something in or you are going yeah. to learn something or let it speak truth in an area that's like being vulnerable like so i said this to someone yesterday i don't know if this fully answers the question i'm asking you but i was talking to someone about my seminary choice and i was like why yeah. i went to it was a very progressive seminary in st louis that was right down the road from my house chose not to go to it i went to a more conservative seminary because i said it was a little bit of a short summary that doesn't do justice but essentially like i was like the conservatives do a better job academically and theologically creating frameworks even if i don't agree with them and so i wanted to be around that so like i owe a lot of my frameworks even if i don't agree with them to more conservative theology i would say yeah even if it was in pursuit of building a new one maybe Mm. um so for you like what is something if you could think about it that either you have had speak into it or maybe like i need to let this speak in from that I, I mean, I do have, like, fundamentalist friends or conservative Christian friends, for sure, that I, like, see pretty regularly. And we talk, and I think, again, as I'm, like, trying to be self-reflective, I when I, like, hear them talk about God or them talk about Jesus, I'm like, oh, like, that's really lovely and sounds like it's worked really well for them. Yeah. But I think I, I do definitely have, like, a wall up mm. when I talk to them. And I, I'm... Like a wall, why do you think? Uh, because I know that it's caused me pain. And so I think it's... So not because of them necessarily. It's like yeah, their thought process. I think it's self-protective and I don't think that's inherently wrong. Because yeah. I think there are other people listening that probably maybe relate to doing that mm-hmm. in talking. Oh, I do think it's helpful though. Like the friend that I'm thinking of, the like more fundamentalist or conservative Christian friend, she... 
I made that friendship after I deconstructed, which is a little bit different than a friend like from your past. Yeah. I think that's a little bit harder because you're kind of like, I'm trying to pretend that I'm someone I'm not or I'm right. like all that. But I think with her, I don't know, I guess, but I think like how has, how have I let her shape my spirituality or let her like inspire my spirituality or think differently? I think that that. I don't think I have an answer. Mm. I think I've I've told I've talked about like my new PCA friends and how they've shown me that something that was harmful to me can be really beautiful and healing to somebody else, mm. and that has like helped me maybe soften. But I think to say like I've taken their beliefs as my own or yeah. I've let them shape my beliefs, I don't think I've honestly I don't think I've like given that window of mm. opportunity. Yeah. Well, I want to, I'm going to introduce a new segment. I want to call uh, Danny Mansplain Spirituality Yay! to Emily, uh, brought to you by Mars Hill Church. Thank you. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, one thing that I was thinking about, like, you're the most progressive Calvinist I've ever met. You're the most deconstructive. And I think <laughs> when I think about that, though, it's like, I think that's some ways letting like your, like the conservative framework to how you really knew who God was and you've let the beauty of who you know God to be now yeah. inform that and like for you i think calvinism's a rubric or a lens or whatever to process god but you've become even if you still think through some of those things or it's your natural lens like i think you've let that i think you've used calvinism to see god in a more beautiful way which i think is interesting mm. like you haven't completely thrown that away and so i just think about it in terms of like something from the more conservative or what was harmful to you or what you disagree with it has in some ways spoken into your deconstruction process and helped you see God in new ways. But it was something that was probably harmful to you in the worst seasons of your deconstruction, right? Yeah. I mean, I think there's, I guess when I think of Calvinism these days and how my Calvinism persists, it persists in my universalism. And I feel very smart using all these ism words. <laughs> but like um, in a sense that I – in my universalism, I have no problem with the idea that God could override someone's will for the sake of us all entering paradise. Mm -hmm. Like that idea doesn't bother me. And I think that that is a result and a product of growing up Calvinist. And there, and I find a lot of beauty in universalism. And that has been something that has really just like, I don't know, been really sweet to me. Mm. And so in a sense, yeah, it has informed it. But I think... The idea of like letting it still inform me is or new things to inform me is like kind of hard. Yeah. Hmm. I only asked, I just like, and I was yeah. trying to think about your, and I'm trying to think about in my life as well. Like, how uh -huh. have I, like, I've probably become more, and I don't know, but I've noticed this in my preaching. Like, I've tried to be more literal in how I've been reading scripture lately. Mm. Um, even though I'm not a scripture literalist, but I'm like, I've asked myself when I'm reading some of these stories, like, what would it gain me to view this as 100% literal? Yeah. Um, or if I think it's allegory, 100% factual, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, and I don't know that I always believe that, but I've started to try to ask myself some of those questions. Um, and I don't know if it's been helpful or not, but I'm just thinking about it because I often can be like, this is what I think. This is my framework. Let's build a sermon around this. And I have to realize, hey, not everyone in the church thinks like I do. Um, someone just said the hardest thing that they think about preaching to the well 
is that we have so many different thoughts. And I was like, it's true. Like, I can't ever just be like, here's our one size fits all thing. Um, I mean, you can't pander. I cannot pander. And I love to freaking pander. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, it's been interesting, though. And so I'm just trying to think about that in my own. Like, how do I? And sometimes when I feel like, and this is, I'm just like thinking and like really real time processing. Yeah. Sometimes when I think I'm doing the best work of like theological work. It's more conservative theological frameworks that I naturally gravitate to. Well, I think when you're doing the best theological work. Yeah. I don't, I'm trying to figure out a better way to say than best, but like. Well, it feels the most studious because yes. it's, I mean, I would be. I guess English is hard. I can't really use my students as an example, but let's say like a math, like in in a math class, if students were like, well, what if it was like more gray than that? Everyone would be like, shut up. Right. Like it feels less, it feels not as smart to say that yeah. in certain areas. Um, And so I think, I think if, if obviously certainty and clear lines and clear claims feels smarter. All right. But also, like, isn't that what progressives are? They are certainly just something else. Like, it's made, like, I'm certainly inclusive. I, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, no, I'm with they you. They both end in certainty. It just looks different. So what is, like, how do we combat that then? I Because I part of me wants to be, like, I want to be certainly inclusive. Yeah. I don't want to be, like, leave that up in the air necessarily. But I also don't want to be someone who isn't willing to hear other perspectives. Well, I think first, almost certainly, we have to start canceling people. <laughs> I think that's what we <laughs> that have to start doing. That is absolutely how we do it. Yeah, I think it's the the one. It's the only path. Um, I, I mean, for me, this isn't exactly what you're asking, but I think like if inclusion is our goal, and we'll use that as like I want to be progressive and I want to be inclusive. Sure. And that's what I mean by that. I think we have to ask ourselves who, where the line stops, and why it stops there, mm -hmm. and then say, is that what Jesus would do? Yeah. Um, and I would say, again, we're like really taking a hate dump on progressivism right now. But I think we're allowed to do that because we both classify ourselves as that maybe. Uh -huh. But like. I'm, I'm going to spin us a little bit pretty soon, but keep going. I totally forgot what I was going to say, actually. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I interrupted you. I interrupt you all the time. And I just mansplained to you earlier. So, <laughs> well, I I guess what I was processing is going back to this post of like, at least we're not like other believers. If that, what is progressive Christianity's? How, I don't want to say sell it, but like, what's, what's the better pitch than yeah. that? Because I do think, I do think there's a sense in even moments like when I think about progressive Christianity. Like, when I invite people to church, sometimes I'll say, like, well, don't worry. You're not going to deal with this and this and this. Like, it right. is kind of this, like, almost, like, bashing of conservative Christianity to sell yeah. progressive that, Christianity. Yeah. Which is unfair, right? Yeah. But it's also not unfair. <laughs> well, I mean, people have real stories and real hurt. And so sometimes to hear, like... Like, I'm thinking about, like, LGBTQ people in our congregation who have said, like, I have been to places where I've been baited and switched and said yeah. I was welcome and then I wasn't. For us to say very clearly that that's not what happens here is very inclusive and very necessary and very, like, 
helps people breathe easy. So I don't think it's wrong to necessarily use that. But I think progressive Christianity has to have a bigger pitch than that. Than just, well, we're not, we're, I think sometimes we say like, we're everything you loved about church with none of the BS. And I don't really think that that's fair to say. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to, this is one of the things I love and hate about our podcast is like we're processing. And so we say things that are sloppy and messy, Yeah, but I think it's real to who we are. Um, I would go back to the the thing I've said before is like what's compelling about conservative Christianity. It's like, mm. you know, you're in because you know who's out. It's the same thing in what we're trying to do. We say we know who's in because we know who's out. We just think no one's out. Like that's what I think we're trying to say. Yeah. We're but we have to be explicit about saying like LGBTQ plus people are in because the bait and switch. Yeah. We have to elevate voices of women because that doesn't happen in a lot of churches. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do not anywhere close to as good of a job in racial justice, but we have to talk about that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and do a better job because churches say they're about it, but they're not. And I would actually say we're closer to saying we're about it and not because we haven't, like, where is the road in that, right? But I don't know. Like, I just think it's hard because we know, we all want to know we're in we all want to know we're in and we have to say we're better than we're different than or who's out to make that claim Mm. or we don't you know what i mean like maybe we don't maybe we don't have to say that but it's like even even if we say everybody's in is someone who's like hyper fundamentalist would they feel welcome at at the well i hope so I also like, do. The question for them would be like, what makes you not feel welcome? Is us welcoming other people making you feel not welcome? Is it that you think we don't take the Bible seriously enough that makes you feel like there would be nothing from a tactical standpoint about their experience that would make them feel unwelcome. What would make someone feel unwelcome is our like belief system of who Jesus is and what he's about. But we would never make someone feel shamed for being a fundamentalist. That's true. But we would also say like, this is who we believe. Like, again, your seat can't cost someone else theirs. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if you're fine creating space for other people and wrestling with where you are and maybe staying where you are and maybe shifting and going more right or more left, that's fine. But the question has to be, like, at what point do your beliefs start taking away space for other people? Yeah. And that's where I start to take issue. But I'll also sense. not shame you for that. Like, because I know we have fundamentalists at the church. Um. And we have real we have people that don't believe in Jesus at the church. Yeah. And neither of them have ever felt excluded. I hope. Maybe. Right. Well, um, I remember when I the last time I preached, I invited a pastor friend of mine who is like very like conservative Christian. And I then I served communion. And I remember I was like, no way he's gonna get up and take communion. Like uh-huh. he's not gonna feel appropriate that I'm an unordained woman, yeah. like serving communion. And he came up and he got communion from me. And so I think I think that honestly challenged me in a sense that sometimes I assume conservative Christians will feel some type of way Mm. and in reality they won't or they'll push past that. Just how sometimes I push past things that I'm uncomfortable with. Yeah. I wonder who has the higher threshold to push past it if it's progressives or conservative Christians. Like like would a progressive person put themselves in the situation your conservative friend did? Like to come to support you in a place that they don't fully agree with? to receive a sacrament they view to be holy. Like, do you think mm. the progressive person would have done the counter to that? Like go to a fundamentalist church, sit through a sermon, do the altar call because their friend was the one doing it. I mean, that's hard to think about. Yeah. I think that's, I remember your friend coming and I remember having lots of thoughts about it, Yeah, but I actually think it's like, 
good on him for doing like he supported you as a person he gave really kind words about your sermon and about the service like i think all of that was great and the question is like would we which goes to the the whole point of this is like do we think we're better than them therefore like we won't engage with them you know like would we do it in the counter okay i'm gonna here's what i bet i I know that we're kind of like hitting 30 minutes but what i'm struggling i guess with that question is like and i think where maybe other people where other listeners would be like uh is like this is maybe really this is maybe really crappy to say and maybe i'm about to like frame the whole thing that's wrong with progressives but i guess (laughs) my struggle with like as a more progressive Christian going into a conservative Christian space, I've definitely done it. Is it like it? It's a little bit triggering and feels a little bit sucky. Like yeah. whereas I, I doubt, and maybe this isn't fair for me to say, I doubt that that friend felt really triggered coming to our church because we didn't necessarily like bash anybody or say things that was harmful. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? Maybe that's really crappy to say, but that's kind of my yeah. devil's advocate I think that's that. a good so this is maybe an incomplete comparison but i think about the number of avid catholics we have at our church like we had a catholic couple from new jersey come and visit oh. and they came and they were friends of a couple at the church and so they came to visit yeah. them they were in town and they came and received communion and we talked for a long time after and for them like that's a holy sacred thing that is like a sin to receive out wow. like some but so that would have been triggering is the wrong word but like it's like that would be like they were doing it a sacrilegious thing by coming forward but they compromised that because they felt like god doing something that they hadn't thought possible in that space Mm. um so i don't know like so i just like i think it's hard to say what's triggering what's sacrilegious if i'm not in their shoes yeah 100 percent. because like for for your buddy like there could have been things maybe coming forward was like a huge compromise yeah maybe just sitting there listening to a woman to a jezebel preach um but he made that sacrifice to be a friend yeah and i think that's at the core like we've talked about this in the discipleship of so to yeah. draw closer to jesus is surrendering something and i think for some people it's surrendering our religiousness yeah. sometimes it's surrendering for like really progressive people like are being so woke maybe like what we have to surrender a little bit or thinking we're better than everyone yeah um well i mean i mean think i mean i remember on i guess it was father's day my dad just really wanted all of his kids to come to church with him mm -hmm. not all of us feel the exact same way about spirituality and their church is pretty cool i don't agree with everything their church thinks but i like went and had a really good time and like had a like definitely still felt like I connected to God in that space. And that was something that like, I think to not go would have been more, would have been way less open-minded or to go and be like, this is all going to suck. I think part of it is going and like trying to find the good, which is what I don't know the inner workings of my friend's brain, but it seemed like he tried to do that by coming to communion. I was like, you are trying to find the good and finding the overlap of like, Oh, we do agree on these things. Yeah. And I think I think that is really important is pursuing pursuing unity over like nitpicking what we disagree on. 
Yeah. And again, I think that's something we're letting go of is like our desire to be perfectly and wholly right. Yeah. And, um, hmm. I think we could riff on this for a lot longer. Yeah, you're but right. I think but we need to wrap up. We need to wrap up a little bit. So um, do you have any like final closing thoughts on it before we kind of shift into the closing time? Um, I don't, but I'm really glad we talked about this. And I like, I don't know, I hope we don't put progressive Christianity on this pedestal in this podcast because it also has issues. And I hope that what we actually put on a pedestal is being like Jesus, which is like actually including everybody and being open-minded. Yeah, if I think there's anything about our thoughts and beliefs that we ever stop examining and calling out the the shadow side of, then I want our audience and friends to call us out on that because that's BS, right? Like we should, if we're about examining and deconstructing, then we have to always, like we're not just deconstructing the things we don't like. Yes. It should be examining and deconstructing all of the harmful things and being progressive has harmful ideologies in it and being conservative does. And it's not exclusive to one group. And politically think, or religiously. And I will say, I think that makes it hard because I think sometimes when people step into progressive spaces, they think there's going to be no more BS. And that yeah. just isn't the case. And then they're let down. And then, mm. like, more stuff happens. But in reality, like, not this an excuse to be bad people, but, like, there's going to be BS everywhere. Mm. And so how can we just continue to be examining and be thoughtful versus just being, like, when when am I going to find the perfect area and the perfect ideology? Yeah. And on this side of eternity, I don't think we will find the perfect anything, right? Damn. Kind of sucks, but. It does suck. But it's also like, wouldn't it make perfection that much better when we finally get to experience Mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wow. I feel exhausted, actually. I do, too. I kind of want to skip our other segments. You just want to get the hell out of here. I just, I feel like we said a lot. And I think that my recommendation is to just like sit with this. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we kind of came in like guns blazing a little bit. Yeah. We kind of came in hot. Yeah, it's funny. We didn't fight except for we fought with our... I think I feel like I fought with myself Me this too. Whole time. <laughs> and I think that's important. Yeah. Even I though it's it. not the most fun feeling. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite. I feel like convicted about my own yes. thoughts. And like I said earlier at one point, like I feel like I actually think we've had a lot of episodes. This will be 70 something. This has our highest potential to piss more people off because it's yeah. like our base... We've essentially called a lot of our base out, which is, but in calling ourselves out. A hundred, yeah. If we're, if you feel called out, we're also feeling called out. Yeah, we're going to go to lunch after this, and I'm sure we'll have a lot more conversations about how awful we feel about ourselves. But I think that that's okay as long as you don't go into a shame spiral. Mm-hmm. I think there's like healthy self examination versus yeah. shame spiral. Don't get into a shame spiral. Don't get into a shame spiral. Because if we know one thing, comfort is a slave. <laughs> So we are having a quick life, I guess. For, that's right. Um, all right, Emily. <laughs> all right. This was fun. This was fun Send and hard. Um, hard things can be fun. That's one thing I would also, that's my recommendation. Yeah. We think only fun things are easy. Hard things are fun things and good things. Yeah. And I'm thankful that like to have this conversation with you. So I'd also say like find a trusted friend because mm. it's hard to have all these thoughts by yourself and just be like, damn. Yeah. You know. Also, you'll never have these thoughts of just you because we're naturally so going to tell ourselves how awesome we are. And like, I think also maybe this is a weird recommendation, but like <laughs> don't doctor your social media feed to be like a bunch of stuff that you agree with. Mm. That's something that I, I think there's a line where I hate follow a lot of things and that's not helpful and not good for my mental health. But to like make sure that, because I mean, think about the algorithm is yeah. we're constantly tailoring 
what we're like intaking content to be things that we love. Yeah. And so to like, even like, I'm thankful for this follow, even though maybe, I mean, I kind of did agree with that, but like, but it, it, challenged, remi- it challenged me a hundred percent. It wasn't fun to read because it's, it's a group I tend to like consider myself in. Hmm. But I think, so I, I guess I'd also say like fight the algorithm. <laughs> the algorithm um and with that being said thanks for listening and embrace the journey we're back on it it's been a while since we've been same same snaps same snaps